welcome to On This Day in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of On This Day in Tudor History. Now, today I'm taking you back to the reign of King Henry VIII. But on this day in Tudor history, the 27th of November 1531, some say the 4th of December 1531, Benedictine monk and reformist Richard Bayfield was burnt at the stake at Smithfield for heresy. He'd been caught importing heretical books into England. Let me tell you a bit more about this Protestant martyr. Bayfield was originally from Hadley in Suffolk, and his use of the alias Summersome suggests that his family was originally from nearby Summersham. He was ordained as a priest in 1518 at Bury St Edmund's Abbey and became a chamberlain of the abbey. His role as chamberlain meant that Bayfield was in charge of organising lodgings for visitors, and this was how he met reformer Robert Barnes, who was visiting the abbey. The two men became good friends. During Barnes's time at the abbey, he was visited by brickmakers and lollards Lawrence Maxwell and John Stacey, who Bayfield also came to know, and who, like Barnes, influenced Bayfield's faith. Barnes gave Bayfield a copy of the New Testament in Latin and the Lollards gave him Tyndall's New Testament in English, along with the wicked mammon and the obedience of a Christian man. Due to his changing faith, Bayfield ended up being imprisoned at the Abbey and, according to martyrologist John Fox, was whipped and put in the stocks. Fortunately, Barnes was able to get his friend released and on his release, took him to Cambridge. There, Bayfield came into contact with other like-minded men, including Thomas Bilney and Thomas Arthur. In 1526, Barnes was apprehended for heresy and imprisoned in the fleet, and Bayfield was sheltered by his Lollard friends Maxwell and Stacey before spending a few months overseas. In 1528, Bayfield was arrested and brought before Cuthbert Tunstall, Bishop of London, to answer charges of heresy for affirming and holding certain articles contrary to the Holy Church, and especially that all laud and praise should be given to God alone and not to saints or creatures, and for saying that every priest could preach God's word by authority of the gospel and without the need for a license. He was convicted of heresy, but according to his later trial, abjured the said articles, renounced them and promised to change his ways and avoid heresy, making a solemn oath on the book. He was ordered to do penance and ordered back to Bury St Edmunds, wearing his monk's habit. Bayfield refused to wear his habit, but did return to Bury temporarily, before fleeing into exile in the Low Countries, avoiding completing his penance. There, he began supplying England with books relating to the Reformed faith, including works by Luther and Zwingli. He sent two consignments in 1530 and another in 1531. Unfortunately for Bayfield, his second and third consignments were intercepted by Sir Thomas More, Henry VIII's Lord Chancellor, a staunch Catholic. In late 1531, Bayfield was arrested in London while visiting a bookbinder. John Fox writes of how he was betrayed and followed to the bookbinder. He was imprisoned first in Lollard's Tower at Lambeth and then in the Coal House Prison. Fox describes how he was tied both by the neck, middle and legs 
standing upright by the walls, diverse times manacled, in the hope that he'd share the names of other people involved in importing heretical works, but he would not. He was interrogated by Moore. On the 10th of November, 1531, at St Paul's, Bayfield was tried by John Stokesley, who'd become Bishop of London the previous year, for his relapse of heresy. Bayfield's trial lasted several days, but it was found that Bayfield had abjured certain errors and heresies and damnable opinions, and that he'd brought in diverse and sundry times many books of the said Martin Luther and his adherents and complices, and of other heretics. The court deprived him of his ecclesiastical office and pronounced him a relapsed heretic due to him going back on his promises to Bishop Tunstall. Fox describes how Bayfield, with a vehement spirit, as it appeared, said unto the Bishop of London, the life of you of the spirituality is so evil that ye be heretics and ye do not only live evil, but do maintain evil living and also do let that what true living is may not be known. And he said that their living is against Christ's gospel and that their belief was never taken of Christ's church. On the 20th of November, 1531, he was sentenced and turned over to the sheriffs to take him to Newgate Prison. Then on the 27th of November, 1531, he was taken to St Paul's, where again the Bishop of London degraded him and, according to Fox, took his crozier staff and smote him on the breast that he threw him down backwards and brake his head that he swooned. When Bayfield came round, he thanked God that he was delivered from the malignant church of Antichrist and that he was come into the true sincere church of Jesus Christ, militant here in earth. Bayfield was led back to Newgate where he spent an hour in prayer before being taken to the stake at Smithfield. Fox writes that Bayfield went to the fire in his apparel manfully and joyfully, and there, for lack of a speedy fire, was two quarters of an hour alive. And when the left arm was on fire and burnt, he rubbed it with his right hand and it fell from his body. And he continued in prayer to the end without moving. Fox goes on to say that Sir Thomas More set about maligning Bayfield's memory by claiming that he was a bigamist, having a wife in England and another in Brabant, but there's no evidence to support More's story. Tomorrow, I'll be talking about an ambassador who drowned while carrying gold for Mary, Queen of Scots. Who was he? What was he doing? Where was the gold from? And what happened to the gold? Do make sure you're subscribed just around about there, and that you've hit the bell so you don't miss finding out. Also on this day in Tudor history, the 27th of November, 1582, 18-year-old William Shakespeare, the famous playwright and a man known as the Bard, married 26-year-old Anne Hathaway at Temple Grafton near Stratford-upon-Avon in Warwickshire. Anne was pregnant at the time of the marriage and went on to give birth to a daughter, Susanna, the following May. You can find out more about William Shakespeare and Anne Hathaway and their marriage and also what happened to them in last year's video. You'll find a link to that in the description. 
thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.